Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Super busy week, but here we are chilling in the state house. And who are you? Titus. And I'm Andrew. And yes, we are chilling in the state house. This is the podcast where we break down state politics here in Kansas and Topeka and we make it chill for you all to understand. And this week we won't even have to pretend to be chill. Not that we pretend usually, but. This week, we're super chill because we're a little tired after a long week. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess for you know people who probably don't keep track of legislative stuff here in Kansas, this was, I think, the week in which basically all bills had to pass out of committee because um, I think it's next Friday in which any bills that were in, in the House have to be in the Senate and vice versa. So basically, business is picking up. Yeah. Over here. Way too much than we need, but... Yeah, yeah. For, for two reporters, there's more than two things happening at any given time. But, uh, Titus, there was there were a couple big things this week that happened that I think really deserve our attention. I think the biggest thing is with respect to the state's emergency management law. And that sounds arcane, and that sounds dry, and that sounds like the kind of thing that is not chill and is going to put people to sleep, but it has really major impacts for the way people live their lives and the way that government, both state government and local governments, act, right? Yeah, this this schema thing is what they call it. It's short for Kansas Emergency Management Act. Well, this schema thing is actually, it's, it's, it's the laws that are in place right now in this pandemic. Because um, without the schema thing... There's no such thing as COVID-19 restrictions or orders, you know, no such thing as, you know, state resources or national, federal resources coming to the state to help out with, you know, the effects of business, you know, the, without chemo. Basically, everything you know about this pandemic and how the government operates under this pandemic is under chemo. And not even just this pandemic. I mean, if we, God forbid, have a tornado, like thinking back to the Greensburg tornado a few years back, you know. That kind of res- governmental response, it looks very different than COVID-19, but it's still covered under chemo. Even that, uh, remember that little, that kind of rolling blackout we were talking about last episode? You know, the governor issued an emergency, you know, for that. And that stuff and kind of, you know, being able to spit in the rules to, you know, ta- tackle the rolling blackouts easier and everything, that was all under chemo. So what is happening... But maybe maybe let's start off in saying, what can the governor do now under these laws? And kind of how has that played out over the course of the pandemic? Because I think people may have, they, they, they probably were tuning in during the pandemic, hearing about these fights over kind of some of what the governor can do over, under, uh, with, with this authority. 
So basically, the governor can do nothing. I'm just kidding. They, he, she can do some things, but I mean, given that she's a Democratic governor and she's dealing with a Republican supermajority legislator, she can try to do things. You know, for you guys remember that you know that mask mandate. You know, you know that you know that everybody's mad about. You know, people who been people mad Not about everyone. There's there's some counties out there that we're a fan. Oh, but I mean, either, either someone was, people were mad about having masks or people were mad about other people not wearing masks or, you know. That's true. There's just a lot of a lot of anger. But, you know, the governor can issue a statewide mask mandate, except that, you know, Republicans amended KEMA so that any counties who don't want a mask mandate can also opt out of the emergency order. Uh, emergency order. So, you know, so that's one example of why chemo is important. Because if we, based on how chemo is, you know, written, right, we could have had, be having here in Kansas a statewide mask mandate that was actually statewide. But instead, you know, because of politics and everything else, we have um, a patchwork mask mandate instead. Right. If you're here in Shawnee County and you drive to Wabunsee County, the COVID-19 restrictions are going to look very different. And that is in large part because of the freedom uh, under legislation passed last summer that Titus was referencing that that leaves a lot of this up to the counties in terms of opting out of the governor's orders um and 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 there have been a lot of a lot of fights kind of along these lines exactly exactly you know it's not like to say okay you know oh you know we just we, we can have people opt out of the governor's you know kind of emergency orders and you know that's that's all that's all you know, and we still love the governor and everything. And no, 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 of course not, because there's an election coming soon. So they're gonna they have to make a point. They have to make a point. Republicans have to make a point, saying that you know, oh, we are not you know a fan of the governor and you know whatever kind of you know powers he's putting in, she's putting in, and using this kind of quote unquote you know emergency pandemic. Because just keep in mind, there are some, not some, quite a few, you know. Republican senators and representatives who who don't even want this emergency pandemic emergency even in place in the first place, you know, but who believe that, you know, the governor's using this to kind of, you know, exert more of her will. So they, they want to keep on clawing back on the governor's restrictions or governor's powers. Sorry. Right. I mean, it gets that kind of the fundamental separation of powers debate of, or, you know, what's overstepping in the executive branch. And also just the fact that, like, the legislative branch in anywhere but in Kansas, under a Democratic governor in particular, is pretty territorial. Like they want to be able to have the power to do stuff, and that's kind of where I think this bill that we saw introduced uh, this past week kind of comes into play. Yes, yeah, this bill, which is you know, which is crafted by you know Republican leadership, so in part by Republican leadership, so you know this this probably has a good chance of passing in whatever form it ends up, but um. It, it it seeks to you know put more restrictions. That's the main component. It seeks to put more restrictions on the governor's um, emergency powers. So you know, for instance, I mean, right now you know the governor, you know, is already a, a bit restricted. For instance, this emergency declaration, um, which you know, uh, you know, a lot of you know the governor and his her supporters argue is needed in order to, you know, secure the necessary resources and actions to, you know, tackle the pandemic. Um, right now, you know, I, she has to go through the thing. I think we mentioned this before in earlier po- podcast episodes, the State Finance Council. Sounds fancy. Which has nothing to do with finance. 
okay, maybe it's, it, 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 it did before the pandemic. Now it's just basically turned yeah. into a, a staging ground for fights about the governor's executive authority. But um, you know, had to go to the state finance council to you know kind of review her, review whatever emergency orders she has. Um, you know, in order kind of also kind of any um, any funding of uh, corner rights relief funds. Had to go through state finance council and be approved. You know, it was it was some sort of oversight mechanism. But now under this bill, Republicans are like, no, nah, no, nah, we that that was not enough oversight. We got to clamp down even more on the governor. So one, you know, now any emergency order that she she issues or under he, this would apply to future governors after Laura Kelly's term theoretically ends. Just Democratic governors, obviously, <laughs> but um. He or she would have to get this order um, approved and reviewed by both. No, well, well, approved by um, it, it, in the House version, it's the Legislative Coordinating Council. It's just, it's just the same thing. It's honestly, basically, almost the same thing. As State Finance Council. It's just a legislative leadership or a, a separate committee of leadership and a few other lawmakers. But it has to get approved by that, um, and also reviewed by the Attorney General. And the key difference here is that. Whereas right now, the governor can just issue an emergency order and it goes into effect immediately and then they review it after the fact. But here, it won't even go into effect until after it gets approved. Um, and, you know, some critics have worried about that because saying, you know, some responses need immediate attention and could be, you know, you could save lives in a matter of minutes and hours, etc. But obviously Republicans are not buying that argument. Um but yeah, and it's also the same mechanism in which you know, uh, which currently us is now that governor, if the if he wants to extend the emergency declaration, uh, would also have to go through these channels. That you know, it's interesting that this is one of the provisions because I feel like the governor's executive orders were a big hot topic in the early days of the pandemic because we were talking about things like closing businesses, closing schools, closing churches. And not to say that that isn't still something for future pandemics that might be on the table, but I think we've kind of moved past that with COVID-19, at least, I guess, knock on wood, hopefully the UK variant doesn't throw us back to where we were in the ugly days of last March. Um, but, you know, the, the executive orders the governor has been issuing have been things like waiving requirements. It's like who can give out a COVID-19 vaccine, waiving requirements for like trucks carrying COVID-19 supplies. Like these have not been super hot button issues. So it's, and this isn't me like weighing in one way or the other in the legislation, but it's interesting that you know, looking forward, legislators are basically saying, okay, we don't want to ever get to a point where we are screaming at each other about shutting down churches ever again. And this is how we're we're choosing to do that. But I think it's worth noting that like executive orders really do run the gamut from like the minute to things that lead to brawls in yeah. state finance council. It's, it's not always your typical mass mandate. Um but but there are other it's not just the governor who's who's who would be implicated in this bill right yeah yeah it, it, you know i mean I, I was you know when i was just listening to this committee hearing and it just kept on adding more and more stuff and more and more stuff i was just like wow like it, it just blew my mind um but you know COVID restrictions you know 
um, not just any COVID restrictions from the governor, but at least on the Senate side. The House side is a bit more hands-off. You know, it's mostly just focusing on the governor itself, and, and that's about it. But on the Senate side, these, 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 these senators, you know, they really love to, you know, get their hands dirty and go through every crack and granny there is. Um, but, you know, essentially any COVID type of restriction or order, you know, with any disease from all levels of government, school boards, cities, counties, and of course, the state level. Um, all those restrictions will be are being targeted by by, by um, you know these Republican senators, um, and basically they're giving a right. I, I just find it interesting how they, they just phrase it. They're giving anybody who feels aggrieved is the word by by any of these orders the right to basically petition with you know in some cases you could petition with the governmental body, but in all cases you, you could petition in a district court to say I want. I want a hearing to be held to see if this order is actually necessary, and it, and the burden of proof is on the government. Otherwise, that individual is granted relief from the order. And this is about county and state level orders, right? County, state, city, school boards, anything, virtually anything. I can't think of anything I, else I, not effective. I'm, I'm envisioning like hordes of people running down the road to the Shawnee County Courthouse, like <laughs> with papers in hand, ready to file their their. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really, you know, direct, directly, you know, talked about, but I mean, I just can't imagine, you know, if, if I was a government authority and I, I was, you know, looking at this, I'll be like, well, I, I kind of don't want to issue a COVID restriction because like, think about how many hearings before a judge that I would have to do because I'm there's always going to be someone, not even just a few people. I think a good amount of people who feel like they've been aggrieved by a COVID nineteen order or that it restricts their freedom or whatever or not not you know and in some cases with like good reason I mean when businesses were forced to close like there was a good public health justification for that but that also had an undeniable impact on yeah operations and livelihoods for people who own of course you know I'm certain, not certain businesses yeah of course of course you know but but think about it, like, like with this kind of thing you know and it also another thing too is that these hearings have to be kind of held or scheduled, you know, within 72 hours. So it's not like they can just like put this off forever and, you know, worry about all the hearings afterward. They have to do this soon as well, as soon as it's like, as soon as it's someone's, you know, request one. Um, like, I wouldn't want to close businesses at all. If I, if, even if, if, if I was like a health officer and I think, okay, we have to, you know, close businesses for the safety of the pandemic. You know, I, I wouldn't, if I did that, I bet all the businesses would be following this, and I would just be like, "Oh my god, this is so time ex- time intensive, res- resource intensive. Like, it's not worth it. I might as well just not issue that word at all." Well, I could see in, in smaller counties, in particular, it's like, "Do you really want to spend all your time, the time of your limited legal resources, like hung up in court over something like this?" Like, I could definitely see that having a pretty profound impact, and it also, I mean. There are other ways in which it impacts county health officers too, right? And, and really kind of ties their hands. Oh, I mean, at least under the Senate bill, county health officers can't even issue any orders. It's just recommendations that they can issue. And basically, if if the county health officer really wants to have an order, he would have to go maybe go through the county commission. So what you're saying is like in Shawnee County, where we live, the health officer can just say bars are closed 
or bars are closing at 9 p.m. They would have to go to the county commission to to get that yeah taken care of. Obviously, and obviously, I mean, common sense. County commissioners have different motivations and different influences. Let's just say more political influences. They're, They're on the ballot. And yeah, the health officers aren't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so I mean, there's that. I mean, on the, on the, on the school level, you know, and we'll talk about the Senate bill. I think that I think the House bill again is a lot less hands off, but this the Senate bill really or, gets or into it. A lot more hands off. Yeah, sorry, a lot more. My bad. I'm tired. Um, yeah, we gotta get you some coffee or yeah, get you to a bed or something. The hardest working man in 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 Kima. <laughs> coverage at the moment oh i'm sure the other journalists are also all over it um but like they this simple even like takes away the authority from the state board of education because i believe under current law you know if if the governor wants to you know close down schools or you know affect school operations because of you know disease related reasons that you know the state board of education has to also give approval but this was like no, we're not going to give the authority to state board of education. The only people, the only on- the only entities who have sole control over any school operations will be the local school board. Although you remember again, local school boards will also have to go through these, um, these kind of hearings, you know, by aggrieved persons, if someone f- does not like their order. So I can imagine this means that I just can't imagine any school wanting to basically go remote or hybrid learning at all. Right, like you, you've been in school. Like, there's always going to be a parent or a kid who's upset about something. Oh, that's yeah. just how this works. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I mean that that gets into really interesting debates about remote learning because I mean in in other facets of of in other bills, like they're already trying to limit when schools can go into remote learning and basically like finger wag and say you guys need to be back in school. So this is just. It, it, the ramifications yeah. here would, would be really interesting. Yeah, I, I'm just curious as to, you know, what the reactions are will be, and and just just a plug, um, you know, we will be having a story, kind of looking at on the ground local reactions to this very very hands on bill. Um, but you know, I, I'm curious because you know. This almost kind of seems to run counter against the idea of local control. Or it's enhancing local control. See, also... You could argue. Because you you could also argue that this is, oh, we're increasing the rights of individuals. You know, like... That's true. So, yeah, I I do find it interesting. Um, I think if you're a Republican lawmaker running for re-election, you can make pretty persuasive arguments about both local control and individual freedom and as we all know i think those are pretty good talking points yeah yeah um but 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 i can imagine this this if this passes this will be at least for a, for for a i see a decent amount of municipal governments um it, this will be a headache well i think we should say this hasn't passed yet. It just passed out of committee, and there might be even more changes to this by the time it's all said and done. Oh yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's like a Christmas tree, and everyone's hanging their ornaments and their tinsel and putting the little star on top. I was just begging 
I mean, Andrew's there. When I was, when they were going, th- I mean, just the first draft of it, and you know, going working the bill and adding amendments, I was, I was just internally begging them to just, just, just stop because it was a rough scene. I tears may or may not have been shed at various points. I, I, I did not want to work any longer, and you know, I, just, I was just like, just, just, you know, like man, like you guys, you know, you guys are already doing so much. You don't have to do anymore. But they kept on, they kept on proposing amendment after amendment and after amendment because they. I, because I, I guess they do love those, you know, I love protecting those individual freedoms, I guess. But yeah, I mean, and not Titus's sanity <laughs> work schedule. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is going to be a busy week, and, and we suspect that this will be uh, one of the things that will be taken up on a marathon floor schedule in both the, the Senate and probably the House as well once, once yeah, they yeah. get their act together. But yeah, but you know, but we, I mean, we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on this, um, you know, it, it could very well possibly change. You know, they could go instead decide, you know, maybe the Senate version is a bit too intrusive and st- stick with the, the House version, which is, you know, again, just just only targets the governor for the most part, you know. So t- they, they could do that. Or they could go with the Senate version and add even more, you know, hands-on things that, you know, regulate what can be done on the local level or not. So... So it'll, it'll it'll be interesting, but you know that's what we're here for. We're here to keep track on this for you, and you know. Right, we do. We are the ones watching all these amendments getting added to the bills at seven p.m. at night, so you don't have to. Yes, we are willing to lose our sanity for you. That's for the public interest. That's, and be underpaid while doing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow along on all our coverage, you should head on over to cjonline.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, at CJ Online. And I have it on good authority that the CJ Online account is now Twitter verified as are Titus and I. And Titus, if they want to go see that blue check mark next to your name, where can where can people find you? Yeah, it's at Taizu100. But I'm sure if you just type in Taizu, I'm probably on top of the list because I'm verified and I'm <laughs> legit now, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, just don't, 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 just don't, don't look at my sub-1,000 followers number you know nothing just, to see here Move just, just, just look at the blue check mark that's all that matters yeah <laughs> uh and you can find me and my blue check mark at andrew ball b-a-h-l and you can find new episodes of our podcast every monday we are chilling in the state house and you can show with us yeah on, yeah <laughs> on uh, on itunes spotify google play anywhere you get your podcasts that's where yeah. titus and i are we're also verified too, by the way, on Twitter. I just if we if we didn't emphasize that enough, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't care. I might, have, I might have said that part out. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs>